Hello, before we get into the conversation I had with today's guest, uh, we are going to refer to two specific programs uh, concerning McGill's medicine program, uh, and I wanted to take some time to mention them here. The MedP year, which is a qualifying year that only students graduating from CGEP, the college system in Quebec, are permitted to apply to, uh, and the MDCM program. This is a four-year undergraduate medical program offered by the Faculty of Medicine and Health Sciences. So for all students not going through the CSHEP system and are thinking about applying to McGill Medicine one day, we require that you complete an undergraduate degree, which can be done at McGill or at another accredited university. I will not dive into all the admission criteria, but important links will be available in the episode's description. So that there are no surprises, it is important to note that our MDCM program does consider one's citizenship status and seats in the program are reserved for specific citizens. Uh, you can find all this information on uh, the website. And as I said, the links are going to be attached. So definitely reach out and use those links to find more information and to reach out to the appropriate contacts if you have any questions. For today's episode, um, this the guest was someone from CJA uh, who was not accepted to the MedP program and did an undergraduate degree at McGill and is now uh, starting the medicine program, the MDCM four-year program at McGill. So a lot of good advice was shared about preparing for a medicine program, specifically McGill, but also other programs as well. And so I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello, and welcome to an episode of Your Future at McGill podcast. I'm the host, Nick. Uh, and with me today, I have Dylan. Hi, Dylan. Thanks for joining us. Nick, happy to be here. So today's episode, we're going to talk about your particular path to our medicine program, specifically the uh, MDCM program, which is the four-year undergraduate program, I guess just the basis of what then becomes X amount of years of specializing in something until you finally get to call yourself a doctor, I guess, uh, is typically how it works. Um, but before, you know, we, you haven't actually officially started that program yet, but I want to talk about your path to that. So you're about to embark on this journey of putting on the white lab coat how early in your life do you remember that being that goal? Well, I mean, it sounds cliche, but I guess I could say as early as I can remember. I mean, there are several key points in my life where I realized that medicine is the thing I want to do. And it was never like a pipe dream, like kids wanted to become astronauts or cowboys. Like it was always like a, a, a thing that I knew I was going to become. And it was just a matter of how do I get there? Um, so, I mean, it started becoming serious in high school because that's when you start getting into the real sciences, eventually the CJEP, but I think it's been a lifelong dream as, as far as I can form memories. That's how I know I want to be a doctor. Cool. Uh, no, it, it makes sense. I think especially those, this, this type of career, I think it makes sense because I think it needs to be on your radar pretty early on. So you already kind of mentioned uh, going through the CJEP system. So yes, I think a, a lot of our listeners are, even though you, they might be international or outside of Quebec, uh, we talk a lot about CJEP um, being the Quebec system that students go through before university. So CJEP applicants, do you have access to apply directly to the sort of pre-year before the medicine, the med-P year? Um, I was wondering, was that on your radar during CJEP or like what types of programs were you thinking about doing while in CJEP? Yeah, it, it definitely was. I think I, I, from what I've noticed, a lot of these CJEP science students, that is their number one goal, at least from my experience, is that most kids are gunning for med-P. Um, no one really talks about the other um, life sciences programs at McGill, it's mostly, well, it, it seems to a lot of students to be med peer bust, which uh, 
it's not not great, I think, uh, to think like that because a lot of students find themselves, well, there's only 70 somewhat kids that get accepted into that from all of Quebec, right? Um, and so you find yourself kind of scrambling for a program after that. But yeah, it was, it was certainly on my radar uh, throughout my two years in, in CGEP. So out of curiosity, like, did you, because so medicine is actually one of those, or MedP, I should say, is one of those programs that does require a bit more than just your transcripts. It does ask for a CV uh, being one thing for the MedP year. How did you prepare your CV at that time? So just in your CGEP, so you're about 18 to 20 years old. What are you doing to sort of build your CV? Yeah, um, from what I remember in CSHIP, I was doing the typical CV things before med school, the volunteering. Um, I was volunteering, if I can remember right, at a homeless shelter um, and a couple other places, I think a, a CLSC. Um, uh, without, I was also, I was still playing sports at that time. I was kind of doing a lot of things I was doing in high school still. So I was playing sports. I was, uh, I had a couple of jobs I put on there. It was nothing too nothing too out of the box or abstract, I guess you could say. Um, I didn't have any research experience yet because nobody really wants a CSHIP student in their lab. But uh, I, I definitely had enough. And I think my CSHIP, my CV and CSHIP was pretty strong. Although I, it definitely wasn't, uh, it wasn't anything out of the box or anything you don't see in any other strong candidate, you know? Yeah, that's the thing. And I think anyone listening, like I, I do visit Quebec CGEPs and I talk to Quebec students, but even for students who apply to the MDCPO, MDCM program after, it's really case by case. Every applicant is, you know, yeah. looked at alone. It's it, because everyone's doing something different, but similar at the same time. But like, there's no general story or path that leads everybody to success or not. Yeah, well, that's the thing, too. It's like because everyone at that age, we're all still pretty young. You know, 17, 18 is not it seems old, but it's not very old. And so you don't really know the true path. Well, people think there's one true path to medicine. There's not right off the bat. There's no one true path. But people tend to think there are, especially at that age. And so everyone will go on Google and you have these like Reddit message boards or whatever, pre-med chat boards. And they basically say you have to have X amount of shadowing hours, X amount of volunteering hours, you know? So everyone, it can kind of get kind of stale in terms of everyone's doing the same thing. Um, so I think it is important in that sense to kind of, you know, it, it, it's not a bad thing to keep on doing what you like to do. Because um, although it may not seem super medicine-y or super science-y, it's a good thing to kind of set you out from the pack, which is not necessarily a bad thing, you know? Uh, I think as long as you keep yourself busy and, and you show that you can demonstrate some certain key values that they're looking for, I think it doesn't necessarily matter what you're doing. Yeah, like I've worked closely with their recruiters, their admission officers, and that exactly, that's what they say too. It's some people in CGEP need to work or some people in whatever period they need to have a job where they're putting 15 hours a week in. Um, that's time, like that's you putting that hours in. If you're, the grades are there and you're still able to do whatever you have to do to survive, uh, it all counts for something. Uh, so that's like, so, so just about the program then. So you have MedP and you kind of said MedP or BUST. Um, what were some of, were you looking at other institutions? I know a lot of Quebecers will look at other medicine programs if they're willing to do it in French, for example. Was that on your radar or for you it was, I'll pick another science program at McGill? For me, it was all McGill. Uh, I never really had any interest in going, nothing against the other uh, French schools, but I, I come from a McGill family and just I just wanted to do everything through McGill whether it be MedP or my undergraduate training. And you know, it's kind of hard when you're applying for MedP to look at these other programs because it's almost like uh, psychologically you're like admitting defeat, um, which is not the case whatsoever. I think it's super important to kind of have that uh, plan B, um, if you will. Um, so yeah, early on I was, uh, I was researching, I, know, I knew I wanted to stay in the life sciences if I did my undergrad at McGill. Um, so it was kind of between physiology, anatomy and cell biology, um, regular biology, 
and I think uh, microbiology and immunology. So I was kind of going between those four. Um, and everyone always wants, like, I have people asking me now with their kids going to CSF, well, what's the back door into medicine? There's no backdoor program really. Um, but from what I saw and from my interest, I, I figured physiology suited me best. But funny enough, I remember one of my first memories coming out of university was like the week before I started physiology. And I was, once again, I was going on Reddit, which I probably shouldn't do from my experience. It seems to cause more stress than good. But I remember seeing people write, oh, physiology, it will, it's a GPA destroyer, right? I remember, I remember people saying that. And I figured I had a panic attack. I was like, uh-oh, what have I done to myself? Because I knew my goal was medicine. And I know you need a decent GPA to get into medicine. But, you know, I had to talk to my parents and people who had been to the physiology program. And I realized that a lot of the stuff you see on Reddit is not, <laughs> is not good. You know, I figured that physiology personally gave me the best, um, the best foundation I needed. And I can talk about more about that later. Um, but I, I just, uh, to answer your question, yes, I did a lot of research in terms of what I want to go into. So, okay. So you did that work on the physiology program. I saw that you jumped into honors in that. Was that something that came into your mind? Like way before starting at McGill or was that like during your first year you're like wait I like this stuff I want to do more yeah that was that was in my first year I I had no well I knew there were honors programs at McGill but I wasn't necessarily you know had my eyes set on that it was more after my first year I realized like okay this is something that I really enjoyed doing and I kind of want to go I guess above and beyond a bit kind of fully dive into the whole physiology at McGill um, it got me more research experience which I thought was super important I got more access with teachers that I didn't necessarily have just doing the major, uh, like one-on-one -on -one access with some teachers that were really, um, I would say, instrumental in helping me through my three years at McGill. And uh, so I think, listen, it's not, there's not like, okay, I, I did my honors, that's why I got into medicine, but I think that that's something that helped me uh, form into the student I am now. And I think that's, it, it was it was really fun. And I, I recommend it. If people feel comfortable with the material and physiology and they, uh, they enjoy it a lot, because you have to enjoy physiology to want to go into honors, because it's a lot of, uh, extra reading and whatnot but if you're into that I could I can't even recommend it enough it was it was unbelievable so I guess well I'll just state actually we I think we've made it I think people can assume now so just to make it clear though so you, you weren't admitted into med p from CJEP so you so the, the second choice was to do a life science program so physiology is on that obviously we just spent five minutes talking about that but just to make that clear um so so you get that sort of maybe you know the, the, the delay from that dream um, did you feel like, how were you motivated throughout your three years of doing physiology or any, like thinking that you had to do another degree first for three years? How did you motivate yourself? Yeah, that was tough right away. Like the first couple of weeks after getting the rejection, it was like, uh, not like a doomsday scenario, but it was, I wasn't feeling great. And you're right. How do you find that motivation to keep on pushing? Um, it's different for everyone. I say like, there's not one real motivation for me. It was just one step at a time. I knew what my end goal was. Um, and I kind of wanted to get to uh, medicine right away after physiology. I didn't really have any interest in doing um, a master's or a PhD. Although through my time at physiology, I, I saw the I saw the appeal of it. But starting off, I figured I would get into my uh, MDCM right after bachelor's. And so I just you know I took it one step at a time, and I just tried to uh, with, with that goal in mind because it's how you're right. It's hard that motivation, but with that goal in mind of medicine at the end, you you do what you can to get that high GPA and for some people, that's motivation enough. For some people, they need other things, but uh, that was enough for me. So I, I don't consider, you don't have to consider yourself an expert in this, but if some, you said somebody, people have already started asking. So in terms of those life sciences, I think there are about like eight to 10 different majors, give or take. 
uh, physiology being one of them. And you've mentioned a few like anatomy or cell biology, uh, immunology and microbiology, things like that. Those are kind of the big ones that people think about uh, in, in terms of like thinking about medicine after or any other field. Um, how do you separate, how would you distinct, like how would you distinguish uh, physiology from the others? Like what is physiology and why is it different from the other majors? Yeah, I mean, it, it's a bit tough for me to say because I don't have a lot of experience uh, with the other majors. I didn't really take many of the classes. I mean, I took some biology classes um, and a couple of anatomy classes. But uh, I mean, from my point of view, just what what kind of put physiology above the rest for me. And it's it was tough to say when I first applied, but after my three years, it's just the, you know, the teachers were fantastic. It was like you expect when you go into university that it's kind of like a hands off approach with a lot of the teachers. It's like they're going to go into a lecture hall full of 700 kids, they'll teach, and then you can't ask them any questions. That's what a lot of kids expect. But at least for physiology, a lot of the teachers were, um, they were, they were, it only, like obviously there were researchers and professors at the same time, but it seemed like they were teachers first, you know, like they really cared about their students and kind of, uh, you know, wanting to make sure we succeed. And, and they didn't push medicine for a lot of kids. They, they, they know that medicine's tough to get into. So they didn't say, okay, this is the path for medicine. Like they know that they kind of, they leave the doors open for everyone. I think that's important. Like they say, okay, you want to go into uh, research afterwards, you want to law afterwards, you know? So I think they're very uh, accommodating for all that. But like I said, it's kind of tough for me to, to say what distinguishes physiology from, you know, anatomy and cell biology, because I'm sure there are great professors in there too. Um, and I'm sure I'll have lots of classmates from all those programs, but you know, if I had to do it over again, I would choose physiology 10 times out of 10. How would you summarize what physiology is then in like maybe two or three sentences? Like someone because that's a really specific term no one's learning yeah. about that in high school so like what is it yeah well basically if anatomy is just the parts of the human body physiology is how the, these parts of the human body work and how they work together to kind of uh make the human body run basically um we do a bit of pathophysiology too which is what happens when the body doesn't work properly and that's when you get into diseases so that's very interesting but physiology in its essence is how how does the body work you know you from the macro level to the micro level Great summary. Definitely uh, anyone can understand that, even me. Uh, great way to, to describe that. Uh, so, and so let's talk about the CV again. So again, that is another piece. It's not just grades again, when you're applying to medicine. So building that CV throughout three years, what were some of the things that you were doing to just keep that up? Yeah, well, um, I was going to say like during my time in CJEP, it, it was kind of interesting because it was coming out of high school and you're not necessarily comfortable with everything right away. Like I didn't know anyone. I was at Dawson. I knew like one or two kids going in. Um, and this is massive CJ. Yeah. Um, so by, by the time I was comfortable, I was already like a year and a half in. And then it's like, you want to jump into things, but you're basically done, you know? So I kind of said, uh, you know, since I'll be doing my undergrad here at McGill, I have three years. I just want to dive into as much as possible to fully like immerse myself into the student life. Um, and so that's what I did. I said, I said yes to a lot of things I didn't normally say yes to. Um, I joined student, uh, the physiology student go government, which you called Pulse. Um, I did that. I, I, did, I did a bit of research. I continued with the, the basic things such as um, uh, volunteering. I volunteered at uh, old folks homes, at um, uh, homeless shelters. I did more, uh, I, I also had my jobs where I worked in more clinical settings. But in terms of that, uh, I also stuff. I'm trying. I'm trying to remember what I put on my CV uh, when I applied. But uh, I did a lot more. I did um, what's that thing called at McGill? Uh, Doctors Without Borders. I forget what it is in French. But I did. I went to a couple of those meetings at McGill. You know, even though the three years seemed short, and essentially because mine was cut in half, 
um, since we had a year and a half online. Um, I did, yeah, I remember, and I also did some doctor shadowing outside of, I mean, technically doctor shadowing, I believe is somewhat frowned upon now because it's more of like a, a breach of confidentiality. So it wasn't necessarily I was in the, the, the rooms with patients, um, but, you know, I shadowed doctors uh, every now and then at a couple of clinics, you know, just to kind of fully immerse myself into the health science aspect of things. Um, but then I also kept up with the traditional CV, uh, volunteering, that kind of thing. Oh, it's good. Like, I think it's fair. You know, some people have these situations where you get those opportunities, but I, and I think you've already made it clear just because you can't necessarily shadow a doctor doesn't mean you don't have a chance to get in. Like it, there are right. other things you can do. There's so many other things to do. It's really case by case. Um, even though you don't write an essay per se, the CV is telling the story of, you know, you're this type of individual. This is what you have to do to, you know, survive as we've already kind of discussed. Right. And, and at the same time of things, I mean, there's a lot of emphasis on the CV, um, rightfully so. Um, but I think that it's important for a lot of kids to understand that the CV is not the only thing. And so as much as you want to get involved in every little thing at McGill, because there are a lot of things to get involved in at McGill, you kind of have to take a bit, a little bit of a feeling out process to see what you can handle and don't stretch yourself too far. Because at the end of the day, the GPA still, you know, it still holds a good amount of weight in your application process. So you don't want to, you know, be involved in 20 different clubs, but at the end of the first semester, realize that, um, you know, your GPA is a little bit lower than where you need to be, because then that just adds more stress to your years later on. So I think it's important to kind of do what you feel comfortable with and don't feel the need to kind of overstretch yourself just because you see your classmates doing a lot of things. Did you feel, I, I didn't ask this about CJ, but I guess we can talk about it. The competitive aspect, do you feel like being in physiology where maybe a lot of students are maybe heading toward a medicine degree in some capacity? Uh, did you feel any competitive nature in university? A bit, a bit. I found a lot more competitive nature in CJ, funny enough, because I feel like everyone was headed for the same program at P and everyone made it well known that they're headed for that same program. Um, and so you had a lot of kids, um, at least when I, from my experience, you had a lot of kids trying to flaunt their different jobs or their research positions or whatnot to kind of show everyone else that they're ahead of the curve. And so that can kind of play games with your head a bit. Um, and it definitely, it, I find it to be quite competitive. In university, I find it a little bit less competitive, funny enough. Uh, I don't know if it's the maturity thing or people, uh, they're not necessarily all headed for medicine. Um, I mean, obviously you still have a few kids who, who try to turn everything into a competition, like who gets the highest exam marks and whatnot. But I actually found, at least in my experience with physiology, to be everyone's a lot more chill and more, you know, everyone knew that they had their own path. And if they get there, they get there. If they don't, they'll just do a master's or a PhD. And so I found a lot more, uh, not relaxing, but less competitive than what I was experiencing in CJAB. I think I'll say the maturity thing, I think is a huge thing. I think I, I was wrong about the ages, even though I've gone through the CJAB system. But yeah, you're 17, 18 in CJAB, and then you're 21, 22 at the end of university kind of thing. Like it's, that's a huge difference uh, in that age period. So uh, no, it's, it's good to see. I'm glad that that what you're saying is, is nice. Cause typically we are always on, we're always sort of stating McGill is competitive but I feel like it's competitive to get in. But then once you're in, it sort of disappears slightly. Yeah, exactly. Once you're in, there's like a, you know that your classmates are all, you know top of, top of the top of their classes from wherever they came from. So there's like a mutual respect between everyone. Um, and it's not like we're trying to sabotage anyone, at least from my experience, it's just all very like uh, collaborative, you know, people willing to help you out with studying. It, it was nice. It was nice. I, I want to talk about your classes. I know you talked about honors and you, you got the chance to do a few extra things, but those advanced courses, um, you had the physiology seminars, I believe, and that the EXMD course. 
um, which sounds mighty impressive. Like, can you talk about a bit of those advanced courses that you had the chance to do? Yeah, yeah. So I believe that uh, the physiology seminar courses were super, super helpful for me, at least. What we did a lot in there is you had, we had a small group, about seven or eight kids. And we uh, basically what we did is the teacher, which are usually researchers in the physiology department, they would give us uh, papers in the field that they are experts in, or sometimes papers that they wrote themselves, which is kind of cool. And so they would give us about a week or two to read over it, analyze it. And then we kind of, it was kind of like a, a journal club where we'd all come in a week after and we would discuss the paper, the findings, how to read through papers. And I think learning how to read through papers is a super valuable skill that you don't necessarily learn just in your regular lecture halls. So I think that was super, uh, super helpful. Um, and also it's just, it's good networking. I mean, I, I hate to use a day's hotel term like that networking, but um, it, it was good to kind of, you know, uh, meet these different professors in the, uh, in the physiology department, people who don't usually get to meet one-on-one -on -one, um, and just kind of hear their stories and hear where they came from. And it's, it's always very impressive. Um, and it kind of realize, it helps you realize that there's more to life than just medicine, which I think is, was kind of, at least for me, it was it was very calming to know that it's not like, uh, you know, this is the only thing I can do in my life. Like there are very, many other paths that a physiology degree can get to me, that can get me. Um, and that was, was awesome. Um, and in terms of the XMED 506, I think it was, the Advanced Cardiovascular Physiology, that was, uh, I think that was a master's class that some honor students get a chance to take. And that was super cool um, because you had a lot of some of the, well, in my opinion, some of the greatest uh, cardiovascular physiologists or cardio, cardiology doctors um, in Montreal and maybe in the world coming to us and speaking about what their, uh, what their subject is. So we have one teacher every week. They come in and you have some guys who talk about, you know, different uh, cardiac surgeries that they're performing. Um, and sometimes you have different doc, uh, doctors who, um, I don't know, have a patent for a certain drug that they created. Um, and I found that to be super cool, um, especially because we there were a lot of master students in that class. So you're kind of mixing with people who are older, um, kind of, you know, maybe a bit smarter. And so it's always cool to get their perspective on things. Um, and it was very, um, I, hate, well, I hate to use this word, but it was very chill because it was just like, you know, you just got to sat back, sit back. There wasn't, it wasn't like exam heavy, like a lot of the undergraduate classes are. It was more like focused on you just making sure you learn everything and just, you know, so I think that was nice just to sit back and just to hear these different uh, doctors speak about their experience it was amazing. Um, and then also throughout the honors programs, we had, um, we had like a, uh, at least in second year, I believe, we had like a, uh, what was it, right? a, a mentor who we would go to every week or every two weeks, I believe it was. And we would just sit down and talk to them, whether it was about a paper or just about, you know, physiology in general. Um, and that was super, super cool. So I think, you know, physiology honors, it gives you a lot more. Well, that's not even to mention all the different, uh, the labs they put us through. Well, not put us through, that, <laughs> the labs that we had to do um, in honors. And I think that was, it was, it was really cool. Cause I think it kind of opens up the whole, like I said before, the whole world of physiology research. So you don't necessarily get to see just in class. And so that was, was uh, something I enjoyed a lot. Yeah, I think just the way you describe some of these courses, it's like getting a graduate experience, being an undergraduate student. Like you're not, you're not breaking down barriers, taking these classes, they're on the schedule. Like I looked up honors physiology and they're on the list of courses. Oh yeah, exactly. Take, so yeah, so, and I didn't, have, I, didn't have, I didn't have to hack into, into any databases to get into these classes. No, it's all very accessible. And yeah, it's a great point. It's like a master's or a PhD experience when you're still an undergrad. 
you know, so it's almost like a free trial to see, is this right for me? And I think that's, I think that's very important. And I think, so this, so especially the medicine program, uh, we're not shying away from this, you know, citizenship numbers, like your citizenship status matters in terms of, you know, applying and the opportunities that exist, uh, government restrictions force, forces McGill to sort of follow certain guidelines. But I get a lot of questions from sort of out of province Canadians or international students saying, well, what if I come and do a science degree, but why do a medicine degree somewhere else or back in my home country or back in my home province? And like what you just expressed was like, well, this is an undergraduate degree that's going to prepare you for almost anything. Like obviously a medicine degree, nothing could truly, truly prepare you for it. But I feel like this gets pretty close. Yeah, yeah, I, I would, I would agree. I would say this is probably, I mean, like, like I said at the beginning, you, the, the medical, at least for our class, you have people coming from all different walks of life. You know, I think that's super awesome to kind of get these different perspectives in your class. So, like I said, there's not one true path to medicine, but I do feel like, at least for myself, that what I experienced with physiology kind of created this foundation for me that I think will be uh, super beneficial when I start school. I, I hate to ask about grades, but I'm curious, like. Obviously, you kind of know what you or you know what you had or have going in uh, from the undergrad, but maybe I'm sure you've heard from others from McGill who've maybe gotten into the program that maybe you're expected to see during the medicine degree. Is the 4.0 GPA like? Do you need the perfect 4.0? Obviously, it varies because there's extra components, not just grades, even though grades do matter. Um, well, what's what's the grading like? Well, yeah, a 4.0 certainly doesn't hurt your chances when you're <laughs> applying. Um, but no, you don't need a 4.0 whatsoever um, to get that interview at McGill Med. I mean, I, I believe all this, it's very transparent, um, the application process. All the stats are online. I think the one for our class just got released a couple of weeks ago. Um, I forget what the, the average uh, GPA was, but I believe it was around the 3.8, 3.85 region, which I think, you know, is, is very attainable when you're at McGill. Um, so no, there's no need to stress over getting a 4.0 or to realize that getting one A minus is going to derail your entire life. And I think that's something that, you know, it was important for me to realize, you know, cause there's more to life than just a 4.0. Um, but yeah, so it's definitely it, like, like I said, it doesn't hurt, but it's not something that's necessary for you to get into medicine, at least from an in-province uh, point of view. Yeah. So I think if, I think you're around, I think you're right. It's around like that 3.8 kind of thing, 3.85. So that means that you know, there are a group of students who have the A minus average, like some may have the A average, the 4.0, others will have the 3.7 ish kind of thing. So definitely, I know that doesn't sound like a lot of movement. Um, yeah. like obviously, there's yeah. a level of grades that you need. But I think you're right, just saying like, you, as soon as you get that first A minus, don't, you know, drop out of school, because you think it's over. Uh, that's exactly. not the case. And, and what I think is great about McGill Med, and I'm sure it's like this at other universities in Canada, um, is that it's, they look at more the person, you know, than the, the the grades. You know, after once you get your interview, at least for MBC, I'm not sure what the percentages are for Med P, but for MBCM, once you get your interview, it's 100% your interview that determines whether you get in or not. After after you get your interview, your grades, your CV, all that is out the window, and so they basically just focus on who you are as a person. I think that that's that's really you know it can be scary for some people, but I think it's it's a great way to kind of ease the minds of some people who may not be you know, they may not have a 4.0 exactly, which is, you know, very, very rarely will you find someone who has a 4.0, at least coming out of physiology. Um, so, yeah. I don't want to divulge secrets about the interview process, because I think it's also, like, I, I think medicine asks us not to. Um, but I was curious, because right. I do get questions of like, well, how do I prepare for it? And what are they like? What was your process going into them? Like, did you try to figure out ways to like, 
what are, what are the exact questions? Or did you realize even after the interview, like, well, there is no preparing for this. I just, or yeah, yeah exactly. Like, well, what was your process? Well, I, I was lucky in the sense that I had done an interview, a McGill Med interview for my Med P. So I kind of had that under my belt, which I think was really important because I, I think the, the kind of nerves of what to expect is kind of thrown out the window when you have that. It's more focused on how I put my best foot forward. So I think that was kind of experience that maybe helped me the most. But like I said, there's not one true way. I mean, listen, you get, at least when you start applying for med school is you start getting these ads all over your Facebook saying, well, buy our $2,000 package and we'll guarantee admission to an MMI or whatnot. You know, I think it's very easy to fall down that path. And there's nothing wrong with those, but um, I think everyone has a different prep style. It, it, it is it is hard to prep. You don't want to script on them. I'm not gonna tell you any people how to do their interviews. Um, but there are, like I personally, I had, um, you know, I, I went through online databases to see what are typical scenarios that you see. And not to memorize, okay, if this shows up, how am I gonna react? But more just to understand how to formulate yourself in these different scenarios. Um, I don't want to say too much about how it works, but I think it's a mixture between preparing too much and just not preparing at all. Um, just whatever makes you feel the most comfortable going in, just know that you did everything you did that would help your help your case. Like I said, there are there are resources online. I go to the McGill website for more information as well, but, but maybe yeah, even, also stay away from Reddit for this too, I think. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But I believe even, I'm not sure if it's a, uh, McGill students, medical student society sanction event, but I remember seeing um, a couple of McGill club run events on how to prepare for your MMI and stuff like that. So there are resources even at McGill, which are free. Like you don't have to expect to pay $2,000, $3,000 to come in and to prepare for these things. There are a lot of free resources to help you prepare for your interview. And yeah, that's basically, you know, that's what I did. I just tried to do everything that I can so I could feel comfortable um, you know, going into the first day. And it was interesting mine because it was, it was all virtual, right? Because of the pandemic. So it's kind of that aspect of learning how do I come across, you know, on the screen, you know? And I think that's, that's definitely something I had to learn too. Hopefully it won't be like that next year, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, no, definitely fingers crossed. Um, yeah. So you haven't started the program yet. By the time people listen to this, you will be in the middle of the program. We'll never be able to reach out to you because they'll just be too busy. Um, but so this, this summer, this past summer working towards that, well, how, how have you felt knowing that this is, you know, the next fall when you're starting school is in the medicine program? Yeah, I've been, uh, it's been hard to contain my excitement at times because, you know, this is kind of like what I've been working for. I don't want to say my entire life, but for a very long time. Um, so, you know, after getting done all the, the technical administrative stuff, uh, things I had to get done before I started, it's kind of just saying, you know, kind of relaxing a bit. Um, cause I know I'm not gonna have a lot of time to relax in the next couple of years, but you know, just, uh, spending time with family and just, uh, preparing myself mentally for what's to come. And so we, we talked about like, so that the MDC, MDCM program is just the first four years of it. And then you have the, uh, I believe like the residence experience that you have to do, depending on what you want to specialize in. I think the minimum might be two years. I think that's family medicine. Don't quote me on this. And then I think another one could be a lot longer. Do you have an idea where you want to go after that first four years or you're going to let sort of experience yeah. those four years first? I'm, I'm going to go in with an open mind because um, I get that question a lot now from basically everyone I talk to is, oh, what do you want to specialize in? Um, as, if, as, as if I'm supposed to have an exact idea of what I want to do with my life now. Um, but I think that I'm just going to go in there with an open mind. You know, there are a lot of specialties out there um, and kind of see what I'm most suited for, what most interests me and go from there. I think if I 
if I, you know, if I knew exactly what I wanted to go into and went into med school with just these blinders on, I think I wouldn't really get the full experience um, that they intend you to get. So I think, you know, maybe I'm not entirely sure when you're supposed to decide, but I think, you know, I'll keep my eyes open and maybe around second or third year, that's when I'll start solidifying my plans, but definitely going in there with open mind. Sounds like great advice. Uh, and yeah, I think, yeah, you don't need to decide this uh, tomorrow, you know, so you definitely have the time. <laughs> Backtrack a little. So you finish physiology uh, in winter 2021. Um, obviously, during that period, you are applying to medicine. Were you looking at other things, other schools? What was the process at that point? Yeah, I had a couple other uh, medical schools on my radar. Um, I hadn't necessarily started looking at because I know the master's applications are a bit later in the year. Uh, medicine's pretty early. Um, so I was starting to look at that a bit because we only got our acceptances March 25th, I believe. Okay. Um, so I was starting to look at masters, but um, the, for the other med schools that I had been accepted to, I wasn't, you know, it, it was nice to have that kind of uh, fallback plan. I'm not going to say what schools I got into, but I just, I always knew that if I got into McGill, that's my, my, that's my dream school. I would go there uh, without any contemplation or anything like that's no way I knew exactly where I wanted to go to. But I think, you know, it is important to have, I mean, like, uh, like when I was applying to McGill from CJEP, you know, it's important. You don't want to think about backup plans, but it's important to have backup plans. Um, I think I was a little naive and the fact that I hadn't necessarily started applying for master's programs at that point, in retrospect, uh, maybe I should have, um, just in case I didn't end up getting into McGill. I think I probably would have been in for a stressful couple of weeks if I hadn't, but that's, uh, I had a couple backup plans, but I'm very glad I got into McGill. Maybe you didn't have exactly this, you know, being focused maybe more on medicine schools around the country or elsewhere, wherever it may be. Um, if you had alternate universe, you decided the three years in physiology, you decided to love the research aspect and a master's program was your, the actual goal. Was there something at McGill that enticed you a little bit as a grad program? Yeah, yeah. A couple, I mean, physiology graduate would have been very interesting. I was also looking at experimental surgery, experimental medicine. Um, and another thing that interests me also, because we also had this one professor in one of our honors classes, actually, um, I believe it was, or maybe it was, yeah, I believe it was one of the honors classes. And she was a, I mean, don't quote me on this, but I believe some sort of biomedical engineer, which I found to be quite interesting because it's kind of bringing together, I've always liked physics. And it was kind of bringing together the whole physics plus life sciences aspect and kind of, you know, make, see what you can do with that. And I thought that was quite interesting, although I didn't really have any a formal engineering training or background um, that was also on my radar and something that I think, you know, is the future of, of, of modern medicine, you know, all these pro the prosthetics. It's amazing what they can do now. Nice little shout out to one of our more uh, popular engineering programs at McGill as an undergraduate program. Yeah. Get a lot of questions about that one. Um, I'm sure. Yeah. Cause, cause you're right. It does lead a little bit to like, I think just cause it's McGill that we can offer that kind of major, you know, the idea of combining engineering and, uh, health sciences in such yeah. a way. And I, th I think it's the best of both worlds for a lot of students because I think, you know, the interesting thing about CJEP is that at least at Dawson, they they kind of put you into different paths. You're either health sciences or pure and applied. There's It's kind of hard to get that overlap. Um, and I think the biomedical engineering, oh, I have no experience, so I can't really speak for it, but I think that's kind of a nice, you know, cross-section for students who, you know, it's a best of both worlds scenario. You can stick with your health sciences if you're interested in, or you can kind of get that flavor of engineering or physics. And I think that's you know, I think that that's that's one of the great things about McGill is that they have the opportunity to kind of offer these things to students. 
So uh, some bigger questions as we get to the end of this. So, you know, you've had time to consider, you know, you've had the, the, the ups and downs of, you know, getting to the final goal of getting the, into the medicine program. Maybe there aren't any for you, but were there benefits of not getting into MedP and doing an undergrad first and now finally starting the uh, medicine program? Yeah, I mean, I, if, if I were to ask, if I were to tell myself three years ago when I got that rejection letter, I'm about to say, I wouldn't believe it. Um, <laughs> but I mean, listen, everyone has their own path. I'm, I, I'm a firm believer in everyone has their own journey and all that. But I think it was one of the better things to ever happen to me academically. Because as much as I like to think I was some sort of hot shot, super mature academic when I was, what, 18, 19, I don't think I was necessarily ready to go into uh, one year of med P and then into medicine at that point. I think the three years through my undergrad kind of gave me the maturity and the experience that kind of set the foundation that will be super beneficial for when I start medicine. And, you know, I think some people may be you know, more at that age or more tailored to go into med P and that's fine. But I think for me personally, I think the three years of that kind of like traditional college experience in your undergrad, you know, you get to do those things, I experienced a lot. Um, I'm definitely not the same person than I was three years ago in a much better way, not the same person in a much better way. And if I had to do it all over again, I would, I would definitely go through those three years. Although it, it was tough to motivate myself at first. Once I got into it, I realized that uh, it, it was fantastic. So on that, you've given, I think, quite a bit already, but any advice to a CJEP student who has that goal, who are like they're studying either pure and applied health sciences or looking at maybe DENP or uh, MedP or law, whatever, you know, one of those big three um, any advice for them at this time? Yeah, I mean, my biggest advice is if you feel like you're ready for it, go for it, you know, apply, but just know that there's there's a very limited number of spots available. And I think it's just super important to have that, you know, it seems like a backup plan, but it's not really a backup plan and that it's going to, you know, give you, it's going to open up your world a lot more than you think. You're going to meet students from all around the world. You're going to be able to take part in clubs that necessarily you might not be able to experience if you're in medicine. And I think that it just kind of, it opens your eyes a lot to a different side of academia that you don't necessarily think of when you're applying for med So I think that, you know, both streams are fantastic, but for me personally, I think that uh, it, it was great to, to do an undergrad at McGill. And this, I think there might be some overlap here, but because we do have listeners outside of Quebec who, you know, are like, could you guys stop talking about CJ, please? We don't even get to do this. What's med Stop talking. Uh, um, right, yeah. <laughs> for those for those students who have to do an undergraduate degree first, whether it be three years or four years, depending on advanced standing, uh, any comments for them? Any final advice for them? Yeah, um, I feel like uh, don't feel like you're being left behind because you can't apply for MedP. Um, just know that you know going through bachelor's and go, doing your undergrad it, it's it's a normal thing to do. You're not uh, that was kind of a concern I had is that oh I'm gonna be too old when I start. But there's no like there's no too old to start medical school. You know, you're, you're doing, uh, you're following a path that I think uh, thousands of people have followed before you. And I think that just, you know, experience or enjoy the experience for what it is. Um, and try not to get too jealous, I guess, of CJEP students, if that's possible. But um, just, uh, I mean, all my, I had a ton of out-of-province students or out-of-province uh, colleagues or peers who were in physiology with me. And uh, I don't think they even knew that MedP was a thing. To be quite honest, um, and I think you know, I think that's fine. And they all what they finished their physiology and went on to go do uh, medical school at, in their own provinces. No, I, I think that's great advice. I think it's it's important to know. I, th- I think you commented, and I'll just repeat it. I'm just going to repeat what you said. Um, enjoying that college experience, the university experience, because not to say that you won't enjoy the four year medicine program, 
I just think it's going to be different. So I think it's nice to maybe have that three or four years of not being in a medicine program. Exactly. Exactly. It's different. And you're surrounded by people who are more or less the same age as you. Um, so, you know, it's fun. It, it's, I, I, I didn't have, you know, it's not like I was out every night partying, but uh, I was able to enjoy a lot of the university aspects. So I think that leads to my last two comments that I have that are sort of outside of the whole medicine area. Um, and maybe I'll start with this one then. Your favorite part about living or going to school in Montreal? Favorite part going about uh, school in Montreal? It would have to be just, that's tough. Definitely not the weather, but um, <laughs> I would say just the city in general, you know? I mean, there's that's a lot the of- weather, The weather is a secret. We don't talk about that. <laughs> yeah, it's just way too hot here all year round. But um, it's just the- there's a bunch of gets a lot of flack for the construction that goes on 24 seven, but that's more like on the suburbs. If, if you spend a lot of time just in the McGill, I hate to call it the McGill bubble, but just that area around McGill, it's just like, as you go down there to the old port, it's just like, it's it's unbelievable. Everything's walking distance. The campus is, is fantastic, unless you're walking up and down to the med school every day, but um, it's just, everything's in walking distance. It's just so nice. Uh, everything is, you know, just nice to look at, you know, it's, it's tough to say over words. You have to kind of be there to experience it, but just the buildings, the history at McGill. I mean, I know we had a lot of construction when I was there doing my undergrad, but I think everyone, everything there is, is back to normal now. And I think it's just, you know, it, it's a pretty campus to look at. So it may be slight overlap then with my last question. As you embark onto your second degree at McGill, what has been your favorite thing about McGill University? Favorite thing about McGill University? I mean, the cliche answer would be, uh, I mean, I did make a lot of good friends. So I think the, the people you study with, maybe not, it's maybe not cliche, but just the, 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 the kind of the people you meet, people from all around the world. Like I had people, I, I think, yeah, I had people from all around the world in physiology, you know? I think that's super cool to get those different, like uh, to get those different uh, perspectives. But uh, the, the teachers were fantastic. I, I think the teachers we had at McGill, um, and at least in physiology, were world-class professors. I know that physiology is one of the, I mean, I'm giving a plug to physiology here, but I know it's one of the highest ranked physiology programs in the world um, and for good reason. I mean, the teachers, they, they have tons of fantastic, fantastically trained teachers from some of the best universities in the world. And I think that's something that um, you can't really get anywhere else. I mean, it's tough for me to say because I haven't been to a lot of the other universities, but it's just, it just, it, it made everything seem, you know, like you're learning from the world's best. So it's kind of, Everything that, everything that comes out of your mouth is like gold, you know? So it, it, it's kind of one of the best things I enjoyed about McGill. That was a great way to end. Unfortunately, we haven't had too many chats with students from the Faculty of Science. So I appreciate every single plug for physiology because it's nice yeah. to talk about our majors. So on that note, I want to thank you again uh, for your insight, your advice, uh, and sharing your, your one of many paths into the McGill Medicine program. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's not one true path, there's many paths.